In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At this time of the year, uh, it's safe to say that it's kind of graduation season. And during graduations, especially high school or college graduations, speeches get made. And oftentimes, those, those speeches are somewhat motivational, trying to encourage these students who are moving to another chapter of life to prepare for how that life is going to be. And yesterday, I was at Vahala's baccalaureate service in the morning, and I was there to give a couple prayers. But I also listened to the speeches that were made by some individuals, and they were pretty decent speeches, and I think they had some good take-home messages. The theme of the baccalaureate service was hard work, grit, not giving up. And I think that's a good message for anyone to hear, uh, to motivate someone to keep going when the going gets tough, to try again even after repeated failures. That's a good message for anyone to hear, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, as you might guess, Jesus completes the picture. Jesus builds upon that message and says something a little bit more transcendent. In the Gospel passage we heard today, there's a warning that comes from Jesus. It's a very serious warning, even though it might not seem like it at first. He's looking at those people that are around him, the Jews of his time. And he is wondering what metaphor to give them. And of course, he's not talking just to that audience, but to this audience that's present here today. Because as we know, this is the living word of God. It applies to all times and all ages. Things change, ideas might change, but the human being, what plagues the human being in his or her essence, does not change, not really. So he's giving this metaphor to them and to me and to you today. And what is he saying? He's saying, the men of this generation are like children who don't stop complaining. They're like children who have all these people around them doing things for them and nothing is ever good enough. And to, to the audience of that day, the metaphor is specifically pointing to the fact that They've had teacher after teacher, leader after leader, prophet after prophet, and now John the Baptist, and now Jesus himself, who's not just any man, but fully man and fully God, divinity mixed with humanity in its perfect form, and still, they're in such a state of complaining, they're in such a narrow mind, a narrow vision of what life is and of who God might be, that they can't recognize that Jesus is God in the flesh who's come to give humanity the one thing it can't give itself, which is salvation from sin. So brothers and sisters, that's the state of complaining that these Jews were in. Oftentimes you and I get caught up with complaints about various things in life. And someone might say, we're human, we're fallen beings, and..." Yeah, there's really annoying people sometimes, so we tend to complain. Or there's very annoying or unfortunate situations sometimes, so we tend to complain. And I'm not going to stand here and tell you that I don't complain about things. We all complain about things from time to time. But what's the actual danger here? And what's the risk of that danger? What do we lose out on when we give in to that danger, when we live in that dangerous way? 
when complaining becomes the way we live, when complaining becomes a habit. Complaining might not sound like too much of a serious thing, but what, again, what are the consequences of complaining? What happens to a person who just lives in such a negative way? Well, that kind of person, sometimes you or I can fall into this, stops seeing what's good in life, stops being thankful for the good that does exist in his or her life, stops being able to stretch their heart enough to actually love things, love people and love things, love creation and its creator. That's a very heavy circumstance. That's a very dark place to be. Complaining can get very serious. And if we keep complaining, we're gonna lose out on something even greater than just these dispositions of love. We're gonna lose out on who God is, and again, what he came to do. The same thing that these Jews were at risk of losing out on. The solution to this is what? First of all, to listen very carefully to what Jesus is saying. And second of all, to implement it practically. So what does that look like? Brothers and sisters, in this position where it's very easy to complain, especially in today's society where everything has to be so convenient, we must, for our own good, see everything, everything in this life, our families, our parents, our kids, our teachers, everyone that's there to help us and to serve us, especially the church, which Jesus instituted himself on purpose, and especially the priesthood, which Jesus instituted himself on purpose, all of this, all the other blessings I can't have enough time here to mention, all of this has to be seen for our own good as a gift, which we've done nothing to deserve, because that's true. I'm not saying this to be romantic or poetic. It's true. Yes, we do good deeds sometimes. And yes, we have charitable thoughts and actions sometimes, which is great. But at the end of the day, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, as St. Paul tells us. So what does that mean? It means what I just said is true. We've done nothing to deserve all the blessings that God has given us. And if we see them as a gift, if we see every single thing in life, every day, and everything that happens in that day as a gift, then we can understand the importance of being thankful. We can understand the importance of being like the other times Jesus has mentioned children in the Gospels, to point to the fact that children, while they might complain sometimes, also have a receptive nature. They know that they cannot provide everything for themselves. They know that there must be something else they look beyond themselves to receive things they can't provide themselves. And that is, for us, God, our Heavenly Father. Brothers and sisters, complaining will get us nowhere, and getting stuck in the habit of complaining is dangerous for our souls. It's dangerous because it can get us to a dark place where we can't recognize or express love anymore, gratitude anymore. We'll no longer be willing to sacrifice anymore. And if we get so stuck in a habit of complaining, if the world is at a point where it's completely not good enough for us, and no one around us is good enough for us, even God is not good enough for us, His commandments are not good enough for us, discerning and following His will 
is not good enough for us just because we, in our small minds, can't make sense out of it. Then we run the risk of becoming our own gods. We run the risk of idolatry, the main sin of the Old Testament that kept happening over and over again. One example I want to mention, especially this weekend, of an example that we can look to to understand why we shouldn't complain and the value of what happens to a person when complaining is set aside for the greater good is the martyrhood of Father Raghid Genni and the three subdeacons that were killed 16 years ago from yesterday in Iraq. As some of you might know, they were facing threats from Islamic fundamentalists to close the church that they were serving in and they just thought that inconceivable. How could we do something like that? The people of God are in need of worship. They're in need of the sacraments. So we're going to ask God for the grace to have enough courage to stand firm and not close the church that we serve. And they didn't. They didn't give in to the demands of those fundamentalists, and they were killed for that. On the other hand, they could have also said, why God? Why have you brought such persecution to this land that has suffered so much persecution, untold persecution, for how many years? Countless years. Why us? Why do we have to face the threat of violence and death? Why do we have to face folding under this pressure, pleasing our people? Why are we caught in the middle of this? They dug deep. They asked for God's grace, and they saw an instance of annoyance and suffering and violence as a cross that they could carry in order to get closer to Christ, who himself carried the heaviest cross of all time while innocent. So brothers and sisters, that is a very beautiful and transcendent example that we can look to in the history, in the recent history of our own church. Not just look to it, but let's be transformed by it. And let's ask the intercession of those beautiful souls as we participate in today's Mass. Amen.